they got the doll out and weird stuff started happening. He would hear footsteps. He, uh, I believe he swore that he thought that the doll turned its head to him one time, which is very Twilight Zony again. Uh, so he had this whole thing. At one point, he was so nervous, he actually called the police. He thought there was an intruder. Turns out he thinks it was Patty Playpal. So moving away from the topics of uh, UFOs and back to um, ghost stories and the paranormal and hauntings, do you have any stories that um, you could uh, tell our audience at home to uh, listen to? Well, this is another one that it, it, it hit me in such a strong way, I ended up doing a video on it. And this is about a haunted mirror. This gentleman uh, out in Los Angeles, California, he was uh, had gotten an apartment with his wife and they were on a budget, so they didn't have a lot of money. So he went to this rummage sale to try to furnish some of the apartment. And he went uh, early in the week and uh, the, the pieces were kind of expensive. And he told the lady, he said, yeah, I like some of the things you have here, but right now it's just a little expensive for us. When you're getting ready to wind down the sale, if there's still some things left, um, here's my card. Give me a call. Let me know. And I'll, I'll look at them again. If we can, you know, get the price a little down a little bit. So anyway, a few days went by and sure enough, she called him and said, all oh, these people here, they're trying to get everything for nothing. And I really liked you and they're disrespecting me. So why don't you come over and, and get some of those pieces you were interested in? I'll give you a deal. So he goes over and gets the stuff. She gives him a great deal on the stuff. And, and she says, well, I got one more thing for you. This mirror. I want you to take this mirror because I think you're meant to have it. And it's like this big, like very large uh, antique mirror with a gold frame, a uh, golden color frame. And he's like, yeah, sure. So he takes it, doesn't think much more of it, puts it upstairs in his, his bedroom. And uh, cause I guess the, the, the apartment was like two floors. So anyway, Weird stuff starts happening in the house. They start hearing noises and just a bunch of weird stuff. So one day, his wife is at work. I think he worked like nights or something. So he was sleeping during the day. He was sleeping on the lower level. The mirror was upstairs. Uh, no, wait, I take that back. He was sleeping on the upper level this time and the mirror was upstairs. So he was in the same room with the mirror. And uh, so anyway, he's sleeping away and he wakes up. And there's the mirror and in front, standing in front of the mirror is a small group of people and they're dancing and they're in like old time clothes. And there's one guy who looks like the leader and he walks up to the, uh, my guy who is like rubbing his eyes thinking, what in the world am I seeing? What's going on? And this leader of the group looks at Michael, my caller and says, we came with the mirror. We like to dance. And that's where you come in. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then all of a sudden, as fast as they came, they like dissolved away. And uh, anyway, uh, he called his wife and she's like, oh, you're dreaming, blah, blah, blah. Week or two later, uh, he's at work and uh, his wife calls him, said, there's somebody upstairs. There's somebody upstairs walking around. And he's like, well, there wouldn't be anybody up there. And she keeps him on the phone and goes, look, and there's nobody there. And then stuff kept happening and happening and happening. And they ended up getting a paranormal investigator. And I think they were able to get things cal- uh, calmed down. But the weird part about the whole story was that was maybe four or five, six years ago, I recorded the original story. And then maybe a year or two ago, we did a follow-up on video. And when we recorded the video, in his background was the mirror. He kept the mirror. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I've got a mirror that's got like dancing people coming out of it, I'm getting rid of it. Because <laughs> people say, Jim, are you a paranormal investigator? I'm like, no, I'm behind the mic. That's where I'm going to stay. But um, I don't know. Oh, if I had a highly haunted object, I would do my best to get rid of it as soon as possible. I think I'd drive to the other side of the country as far as I could possibly drive. <laughs> we think of Bury the same it. way. Yeah, yeah. We're of one mind there. One mind. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? Like you know, you you obviously love the paranormal, and yeah, you you've been doing it for so many years. It's, it's your passion, but you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want a haunted object. <laughs> you wouldn't like no. And it's funny because I used to love to go thrifting and go buy old stuff. And I've kind of gotten away from that. Mostly, occasionally I get something. But I've gotten away for it for two reasons. One is my wife says, Jim, stop bringing that junk into the house. <laughs> and uh, the second reason is I wonder, you know, what's coming with it. Because I do believe haunted objects are a thing. Um, just like I have a pocket knife that uh, belonged to my grandfather. And... He's been gone for decades and I can pick up that knife and I feel like I feel him. And by the same token, I think that not only positive energy can follow an object, but also negative energy. Yeah, I would uh, probably agree on that too. Um, as you say, sort of uh, imprinting on, on certain objects. Um, this, this one's, uh, for instance, that doll that was called robert um yeah robert the doll yeah yeah that that's another one that's yeah that's scary to me you've got to ask his permission to take a picture it's like that's okay that's okay i will just stay away i i don't want to make robert the doll mad we had one with a patty play pal and this guy um they they found him in a found her in a closet it was american doll i think that was made in the 60s or something patty play pal and he found it in the closet, the family closet, and it was had blankets over it and it was tied up with a belt. Yeah. Now I have the same reaction. You raised your eyebrows. I'm like, whoa. And he asked his mom and she's like, well, I, I don't know. They just did that to keep it, uh, keep it safe. And it's like, well, why would you have to tie a belt around its arms to keep it safe from getting broken? But anyway... Um, they got the doll out and weird stuff started happening. He would hear footsteps. He, uh, I believe he swore that he thought that the doll turned its head to him one time, which is very Twilight Zoning again. Uh, so he had this whole thing. At one point, he was so nervous, he actually called the police. He thought there was an intruder. Turns out he thinks it was Patty Playpal. 
So years later, he's walking down the street with his husband in a totally different city. And I guess this doll was very distinctive. And they walk past this, uh, you know, thrift store. And they look in the window and guess who's looking back at it? He's sure it's that same Patty Play Pal. It's like, yikes. <laughs> it's like, man, heebie-jeebies. These haunted objects just aren't worth the risk, are they? Um, I mean, life's hard enough as it is, so why would you want to bring some more negative energy into your life? <laughs> well, I mean, I just did a live event here in Ohio. I'm from the American state of Ohio with uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk, and they're great, and they do a great job. And they actually have a paranormal museum, and they, like, encourage these things. They, like, collect these things. It's like, you guys are so much braver than I am. Because for me, if I knew there was some evil spirit or something attached to something, you couldn't get me away fast enough. <laughs> it's almost a trend as well. You can uh, sometimes on like eBay and these selling sites, you can see them where people are trying to sell like, you know, haunted shoes. Right. Or <laughs> but in that case, I mean, who knows? It could be something um, made up out of whole cloth. Um uh, the, the, in their presentation, I don't want to steal their presentation. I'll just, they told a story of a Dybbuk box um, that was a hoax. And uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is that uh, when there's the profit motive, you know, if somebody's saying, I'm selling this, it's haunted, you know, well, it might be and it might not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, try it before you buy, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> Will this possess me? Will this... I just had a show on the Paranormal Podcast about a, about exorcism. And uh, it was a gentleman who is very much uh, a part of the Catholic Church, and he comes from that point of view. But he's a lay person expert in exorcism, and he's written multiple books on it. His name's Adam Bly, uh, just did something on the history of exorcism. And, you know, after talking to Adam a couple of times, it's a real thing. And just some weird kind of highly, he wouldn't even tell me the disturbing stuff that happened, some of it, because it was so disturbing. So, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of new age people over the years and they'll say something like, well, Jim, there's not really evil. There's only, you know, lower vibrations. And, you know, I respect those people and they have a lot of wisdom, but I, that, or there's where I part ways. Cause I do think, I think the paranormal is like the normal. There is a continuum of good and evil and there is good. There's kind of in the middle and there's some real kind of nasty entities out there. And I think they really do exist. Yes. Uh, and also, I mean, I have seen things before, uh, for instance, like they call it, is it the spirit box? Oh yeah. Where, where people sort of playing around and trying to sort of like evoke a response. And yeah. uh, I remember, I can't remember. His, I think it was Huff Paranormal. But I don't know if that was um, legit, but he built a, um, a spirit box and apparently he uh, used um, you know, like high end, like I think real bits of gold in the circuitry and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then um, so he started getting like really negative and bad spirits coming through and sometimes he'd have good spirits. And then he said he went through a phase of having sort of like panic attacks because he felt like he was being sort of like attacked by constantly doing this sort of like you know it's one of those things that scans through all the uh, stations and then it says like a like a word or something and um 
I think they're called like spirit boxes. You can get apps on your phone now and they're just constantly scanning. And then you might hear a right. word or something and then someone's asking it questions and then it might say dog or so some people could say, oh yeah, but that's just coincidence. But then there's others that say they are manipulating the sort of airwaves. But um, yeah. yeah. I've mixed feelings on that because a lot of those use like a radio and it also scans frequencies that have radio stations for them. So, you know, I always wonder if what they're hearing sometimes is from actual radio stations. Like, you know, if they're in Boston and investigating and you ask, uh, you, you ask, well, what city you're from? And it says Boston. But maybe that is actually just picking it up from a broadcast or something. So I'm always a little bit skeptical about the spirit box and the Frank's box. I'm not, again, I tend to not deal in black and white and absolutes. Uh, I wouldn't say that there couldn't be anything to it. And I know there's some different methods that people use. One that's popular these days is called the Estes method, which takes some of that out of uh, the equation. So I wouldn't say it necessarily doesn't work but i'm a little bit skeptical of the frank's box yes there's those sort of things they do so they, they intrigue me um not as if i want to go out and start doing it myself because uh, i don't know i don't want to evoke anything in in my house it's nice and quiet here there's... i'm with you i'm with you that's why i i mean i just did a local appearance on television and the first thing they asked me are you a paranormal investigator it's like no no i talk to people about it i will interview a lot of paranormal uh investigators i've interviewed everybody from jack osborne to uh, uh various different uh paranormal investigators over the years but i just don't have a desire to do it as much and the other piece is i think it's kind of good to have somebody who is kind of facilitating the conversation who is not an investigator you know what i'm saying like you're kind of outside of it it's not it's not just simply um it's not just simply the perspective of somebody who is in the field, somebody with a little bit of arm's length. I think that provides its own kind of value. Your ghost stories. Your ghost stories. Have you had any experiences with ghosts, hauntings, demons, or? I personally have not. Now, there's a story that my dad told me uh, dating from the early 1960s. And, and you would ask my inspiration before, and I mentioned family stories. I'll tell you this one because it's a great ghost story. I think it is. And I think how it informed what I do is the fact that I heard the story probably when I was like five or six the first time. And my dad's 88, and he still tells the story exactly the same way. Nothing has changed. So my um, dad and my uncle lived in the American city of Cleveland, which uh, is a well known for uh, steel mills, and they were both steel workers. And they were young guys at this time, uh, you know, in their early twenties, and they were living up over a bar, over a pub. They had a, an apartment up there, modest apartment. I think it was two rooms. And anyway, the one night, uh, two or three rooms. Uh, the one night they were both asleep, and my dad wakes up dad's big guy uh played american football in high school six foot tall 210 pounds muscles and he sees an old ghost leaning over his bed or an old man leaning over his bed and smiling at him <laughs> and what would your reaction be if you woke up and saw a stranger looking at you while you're asleep kind of laughing at you and smiling well you'd take a swing 
So my dad, being a strong young guy, takes the big swing and comes up with thin air. And he's like, oh, we got to check in here. There's somebody in this apartment. And my uncle wakes up and my uncle who has passed, unfortunately, he was a very kind of, you know, he would say what he thought. And he's saying, ah, bleep this, bleep that. You know, you're just imagining things. You're just coming up with it. You're just having a dream, blah, 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 da, 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 da. So about uh, two weeks go by, my dad's asleep. All of a sudden, he hears a commotion in the other room. It's my uncle. Same thing happened. This old guy stood over him, same guy, and was smiling at him. My uncle, who was 6'2 and probably 220 at the time, he took a big swing. Nothing. And um, they described the guy exactly the same. My dad thinks it might have been uh, a guy who had frequented that bar who had passed away, an older gentleman. But they, the, the thing that capped it for me is the fact that uh, my dad was always kind of interested in the in search of stuff and that kind of thing. My uncle couldn't care less. No interest in the paranormal. He would think it's a bunch of BS. Um, or he wouldn't be interested. He never let on that he had any interest in it. Always told the same story. Never wavered one bit. And that always, I think that planted the seed for me giving people respect uh, for, the, uh, um, for the stories. My mom and dad had a really weird UFO experience. The same thing. My mom was really not into the paranormal. My dad a little bit, but my mom. Same story from when I grew up to the time she passed. So I think that having those couple of really kind of uh, signature family stories, paranormal stories, that maybe that whetted my appetite and kind of planted that seed all those years ago. And I believe both stories. Isn't it funny, just these two stories shared from your mum and your dad have kind of put you on this path in life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if, if they'd have told you any other stories or if they maybe didn't tell you those stories, what do you think, you, what do you think you'd be doing with your life if you weren't involved in the paranormal field? Well, I definitely think I'd be something in broadcasting somewhere. I mean, I had worked a number of years in American radio, but I worked behind the scenes on the advertising side. I wasn't, I'd gone to school for this kind of thing. Of course, podcasting didn't exist way back then, uh, but to be on radio or TV ended up on the advertising side and then kind of uh, used my training and kind of taught myself a lot too, uh, to do the podcast and so forth. But um, I think I'd definitely be somewhere in doing something in the media, but it's nice to be able to do that and on a topic you're really interested in. It's kind of the best of both worlds. You're certainly amazing at what you do, and it's no wonder you have 65 million downloads. Thank you. I just want to say thanks again for joining us. It's been such an honor, such a privilege to have you on board. Um, you know, you didn't have to say yes to come on and join us. As you know, we're a brand new podcast. We've only been going for about six months. Um, but like we said at the beginning of the show, we recently got into the charts in the documentary on the documentary category here in the UK. We got to 35. We're completely new at this. We're independent. We have no idea what we're That's doing. Great. But um, we're, we're so lucky that people like yourself can come and share your stories and your family's stories. And, and yeah, we just, we just really appreciate your time and you coming and joining us. Not at all, because it doesn't, it's been a long time, but it doesn't seem that long to me. Back in 2005, I was exactly where you're at. I was just starting. Uh, I got people like Lloyd Auerbach and Stanton Friedman, who kind of is the man who broke the Roswell case. I was lucky to get them as early guests, and I'm nowhere near where they uh, are and were. 
But I just, the fact you're beginning, everybody's got to start. Everybody's got to start. You know, the, the most accomplished podcaster, which I am not, but the most accomplished podcaster, whoever that is, had to start sometime, right? They, they, they didn't come out of the womb with a microphone. So uh, I applaud what you're doing and I wish you uh, all the best with it. And I hope that uh, people listen to your show and they can also check out mine if they haven't had an opportunity, Jim Harold's Campfire and the Paranormal Podcast, wherever they listen to podcasts. Well, thanks guys. And uh, anytime, let me know if you want me to come back on and I'm, I'm glad to rattle on a little more. Thanks a lot, guys. 